here back with episode three of season two of Masters of Horror on today's episode. Christine. Yes. And me. Yes. Yeah. Are going to be talking about <laughs> episode three, The V Word, uh, directed by Ernest R. Ernest K. Ernest R. Dickerson, right? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, as I was saying it out loud, I'm like, K. No, it's not K. It's R. Uh, Ernest Dickerson. <laughs> Uh, with a screenplay by Mick Garris. <sighs> yep. <laughs> um, and I am guessing, so the V word, this is called the V word, um, which uh, they're, they're, <laughs> I felt very dumb halfway through this episode because I had forgotten the title of it. Um, uh-huh. and I guess the V word is probably like primarily a play on the L word, which was also on Showtime, I think at the time. Um, but I had completely forgotten it was called what the V word might be. Uh, it's not vagina. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. If you're watching it, you might think it is video games at first. Oh, I didn't even think that. <laughs> uh, so before oh, we get, he directed an episode of the L word. Oh, adorable. The, um, his writing credit, I mean, his directing credits are vast. In, yes. In so much TV. Any TV that you can think of is probably here. And it stands out, too. If you, I remember watching an episode of The Walking Dead and thinking, like, wow, this is a really good episode. And then looking and being like, that's probably because it was directed by Ernest Dickerson. Yeah. Uh, so Ernest R. Dickerson, um, film-wise, probably, you know, the thing that makes him a master of horror, he, he again, directs, a, he's still working, has directed an episode of every show you've ever watched. Um, oh. In terms of film, um, a little movie you might have heard of or watched 80 times like I have, Tales oh, from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Oh, not Bones. I, I like Bones. You, you've well, seen I Bones, right? I, I haven't actually seen Bones. You've never seen Bones? <laughs> No, but I know. I mean, I know what it's about, and I know who's in it, so I should probably just watch it. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it, it's it's um, not fantastic, but I remember enjoying it. Uh, it has something I love about him, at least from most of what I've seen, and I think it's true here too. He has a sense of humor. Um, he and I'm sure he could do a super serious project if he needed to. Um, I mean, he did Juice, which I've never seen, but I think is a pretty heavy movie um Mm. but he a lot of his stuff just has like kind of this this wink to it not like an evil baby wink but just this kind (laughs) of funness about it and to me that's you know demon knight is one of my favorite easily one of my favorite horror movies in the 90s um if i was making a top 50 list maybe it would make it uh, I think it's just a joy. I love everything about it. And I get excited when I see his name come up. He also directed Surviving the Game. Yes. You've yep. seen that, right? Yep. It's. I mean, it's been a really long time, yeah. so. It's fun. It is a most dangerous game tale with a cast of so many amazingly aggressive men. Because <laughs> you have, is it Dennis Hopper, Gary Busey, Ice-T is the, like, protagonist and like is is the 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 hero in the movie and it's so great um so yeah i'm a big fan of ernest dickerson i like seeing him do more work uh he directed i think the most recent thing that i probably saw that he did was um an episode of the purge tv series which Mm -hmm. i really enjoy and will rep for and i don't think got enough attention when it came out uh but yeah so would you call him a master of horror yes 
Um, I wonder. I wonder if he would have wanted to do more. Right. I I mean the TV resume is is impressive and extensive. I'm just curious, like if there was if getting work wasn't an issue, if financing wasn't an issue, would he have wanted to continue down that route? Because I mean he did nine episodes of Dexter, which mm. is is not. I mean it's hot. It's it's. Yeah, it's horror. I guess that's horror television. And there's like Sleepy Hollow and yep. Vampire Diaries, and he does do a, a Fear Itself episode. So like, there's horror TV mixed in there, and I wonder if there's like additional interest. Like, yeah. would you? Is this a genre you would keep exploring? If like, because I can only assume. I don't want to speak for for this gentleman, but I can only assume that maybe it, there's been points where I, it's kind of like I'll take whatever work you give me. Yeah, it's it, a fair assumption. Based, especially yeah. in the early 2000s, maybe. Yes, when you are a black filmmaker, uh, you know, we know from anything we, we have heard that the opportunities are not flowing the way they are if you're a white guy named Brad Anderson or something yeah. of, of that sort. Uh, so it is very possible that, mm. you know, he didn't have, hasn't had the career in film that maybe he wanted. He had started as a DP. Um, actually, I think it was, it was reading a little bit about him. He went to um, school initially to be an architect. So I think visually he's somebody that probably starts from there as opposed to from a screenplay. And he doesn't have mm-hmm. any writing credits. The only one he has is Juice as a, yeah, just as a story. So it's interesting because we're so, I think we're so used to directors being, you know, auteurs and being, in charge of every aspect of the film, starting with the script, it is not that common to have a director who absolutely doesn't write. And based on his filmography, I'm guessing it's just not something he has much of an interest in. He, I mean, he, again, worked as a cinematographer, so that's a huge uh, chunk of experience that he brings very well to things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I would, I would love to learn more about him. I would love to, watch interviews with him because i just think that there there is probably i want him to do more and he's not well how old is he he was born in 51 so i mean he's got plenty of time to still make stuff if he still chooses mm-hmm. to uh he's still working regularly he last things he's been directing bosch um an interrogation and like he's regularly working a lot in television which is is a fast paced and everything else but maybe it's his choice i don't know but i would love to see him do more yeah um he's he's in the they talked to him in the uh horror noir uh documentary yes yes. but i don't it feels like a million years ago since i watched that same same (laughs) i don't remember exactly what he he had to say if there was any insights but i will you know like demon knight is like a good movie oh it's a great movie <laughs> so like i don't know it's a motherfucking so if, if great movie start, if you start to get into like is this person a master of horror just based on like the the width and breadth of their horror filmography or their entries into the genre then that you can kind of dilute what that might actually mean yeah like i'd rather somebody have like two meaningful entries or not meaningful in that sense but like two like quality hard-hitting genre defying like culty amazing constantly referenced like go-to things than like 
a laundry list of like, eh. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> they did a lot of different zombie things, and now they're a ma- like, uh, I guess, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I am glad he did this episode. Uh, it is written by, as far as I can tell, it was just a straight out original screenplay by yeah. Mick Garris. That's what it looked like. There was no... Right, no know. based on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you tell everybody, and again, we do spoil on these episodes, uh, tell everybody the story of the V word. Um, so two boys who are friends and like video games break into a funeral home mm-hmm. to see the dead body of their friend which or a kid they knew which i mean is strange um and things seem weird in the funeral home it actually looked like my parental grandparents house <laughs> were they funeral directors no it's just a really it was a really weird like wood interior like wood paneled walls and wood banister like it was just so wood it looked old so it looked like a house from uh the middle of massachusetts when i was a kid okay so, fair so it was a strange house but uh, and, 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 and the, play, the way they put things the way it was set up for a funeral home didn't make much sense to me but that's fine um and there something's amiss in the funeral home and they they soon find out there's a Michael Ironside shaped uh, creature. <laughs> My uh, favorite not, kind of shape. <laughs> a not a not awesome guy is there, and he's ripping out throats left and right. And uh, it, then it's a vampire thing. Did you know going in, like, or did you? So were you thinking vampires the whole time? Well, that's the thing. I assumed it was vampires, and then when it wasn't immediately vampires, I yeah. was confused. Like, I thought, oh, did I just make a weird assumption based on nothing? But then it, it circled back around, and I was like, oh, all right. Well, I was right then. Uh, yeah, I felt you- very dumb. No, no, because I completely <laughs> forgot the title watching it. And when Michael Ironside is revealed, I thought, oh, it's a zombie story. Well, it feels like they, it's almost like it has to keep reminding us that it's not zombies. Like, oh, well, it's vampires. Here's hey, what's really cool. Here. I think there's a lot of really cool things going on. I, okay, so, and I don't know if it's obvious yet, but I really liked this episode. I found it fun. I thought, um, it, it's not fantastic storytelling, but I thought... I cared about the kids. I liked mm-hmm. that they weren't assholes, which is how teenagers well, are usually written in horror. Yeah, there's there's a there's there's a if you could make two columns, things this did right and things that I didn't like. I think the right column is a little bit more stacked. Okay. So I will fall on the I enjoyed it, but I feel like it there was a lot of opportunity for it to be even better and that's always a little disappointing. That's fair. Yeah. The the way when Michael Ironside is revealed, he is really a zombie. I mean, he is lumbering, he's not talking, he is limping. Um what does he do? He doesn't go to, you know, give a vampire bite. He we see him chomp down on the one kid and rip his throat out like you said. And it it feels like a zombie attack, not a it, vampire attack. It's really cool. Yeah. The throat ripping. <laughs> the throat ripping was really cool. Put that on my gravestone. Yeah, like um, the throat, throat ripping was really cool. It was a, it was an interesting take. I feel like there's a couple interesting takes, air quotes, on mm-hmm. v- that vampire type of mythology in this. Which is, uh, like, like werewolves and, like, you know, zombies. It, it's 
it can be a tired thing because we've been doing we've it seen so much of it for so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so, that's like, what I liked about this one. I thought it had a a real sense of um homage to that like it felt very Salem's Lot at times like there's You're, all yes. of these different feelings that are clearly in reference to things but it it did to me do something a little bit new here and there um the there's a moment early on when when they're kind of you know walking around and I will say like I uh, this isn't perfect it is 15 minutes before anything happens and I'm watching this thinking, how long is this? It's uh, like nothing has happened and we're a quarter of the way through. Um, but there's a moment where one of the kids does an impression is like they're, you know, they're teasing each other of, you know, oh, there's monsters here. You're scared. You're scared. And he does a they're coming to get you, Barbara, in that voice, which is a vampire voice for for Night of the Living Dead. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking this is just lazy. Like, this is just, um, it was probably written as a Night of the Living Dead reference. The actor didn't get it, and Ernest Dickerson didn't correct him, and they just left it in. But then I realized, I'm like, no, it's brilliant, because that's what this is. It is a zombie vampire, and it makes sense that you would mesh the two. It, it so, so I think you're, you're, you're circling my, one of my main complaints about this. That's really interesting. Why wasn't this yeah. more interesting? That's fair. Like, that's a really interesting take. And I, I didn't... Zach at one point commented, like, it's like they keep having to remind us this is a vampire story. And I and mm. I get that critique, but, like, I didn't mind that. I, I the, the blurring of the lines of these classic tropes and monsters and, and things that are bordering on cliche is cool and interesting. Right. Do that. But, but like, it... It doesn't go many places. It doesn't go many places. And then it does a couple of other things that I, I thought were weird. Like, I could almost get over the weird plot stuff because there was other character stuff that I liked a lot. Like, I liked the main... So it was Justin one the... and Carrie. So, um... Okay, Justin. So yeah. the main kids whose family we see. Yes. I liked his family. Because it's, it's that little girl from... Uh, little Jodell Fi- Furland, who... Uh, Cabin in the Woods and yeah. uh, Case 39 and, and so on. Yeah, I it, it was nice to see her. I liked her immediately. She's yep. very likable. Yep. I liked his family. I liked their relationship. I liked this, this world building, I guess, this character building low-key off-screen of, like, your my father's an asshole, he left yeah. my mother, and now my mother's a single mother, and it's me and my sister, and, like, I care about them way more mm-hmm. than I like. La- like, I really liked that, because it made these teenage boy characters almost seem older than teenage boys, just because of how... Well, we're just so well used to teenagers being shitty, and especially yeah. teenage boys, and... And and especially teenage boy friends, like yeah. it's rare that you have anything about two teenage boys who are friends, which isn't about them constantly calling each other gay and just like being yeah. cruel to each other. And with this, it's just the opening is them like playing video games together and they're friends. Like they're just and the, and like they're talking to each other and it's like, oh, everything okay with your dad? Like, no, this is what he said to me now. Oh man, sorry. Like it's they're friends and it it develops because then later, you know, at a certain point. When um, Carrie gets bit, Justin tries... I'm going to keep saying from Justin to Kelly now. Um, Justin <laughs> does try to help him. And because and the whole time I'm like, oh, he's going to run away. He's going to run away. Because I'm so used to that happening. He doesn't. Yeah. He really tries until he can't anymore. And then he runs away. And then, you know, Carrie comes the next day to turn Justin. 
and it's this like it really is this like oh like you can tell they don't really want to do it but they have to and yes and it's an interesting dynamic yeah and they the 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 script so there are points in this where i'm like i wonder (laughs) mcgarris this might be your best script but it's possible Maybe you just had somebody there interpreting it really well. I, look, I don't know. Possible. I don't know. But but then, so you have that interesting dynamic, and then like that like cool internal struggle. Like I want to save you, and but you have to get turned, and I want to turn you, but I don't want like this weird struggle. But you have it with two teenage boys, which is interesting in yeah. and of itself because you you're applying this trope to different characters. But then. Michael Ironside gets reintroduced and and then that adds a whole nother level because Michael Ironside is a teacher from their school that was a pedophile so now you have this pedophile vampire who's turning teenage boys why wasn't the whole thing about that yeah I guess you know I kind of had forgotten about that it's the wildest fucking You're right, reveal. because if you take that aspect out, there is still something really effective for the characters. Because because so much of this, the two boys kind of come from two different... They each have this different thing that is, like, nagging at them that is motivating them. For Justin, it's that his dad is this asshole. And so he's got serious dad issues. And for uh, Carrie, it's, it's not... Like, Carrie doesn't get as much... Um, but there is a statement early on about the re- the whole reason they go to the funeral home is that it's not just it's not one of their friends it's one of like their bullies that died, and this particular bully used to call Carrie an Oreo for you know being a black guy who tries to be white, and there's clearly literally like, I literally do have no recollection of that happening. Oh man, yeah, it's like it's I think it's important, and it, it's something that you know Carrie says to Justin when they're um, after Justin's talked to his dad. He says, like, well, you know what my mom always says, you, can, you can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends, which is I a very, like, RuPaul Drag Race yeah. thing to say. Um, but it's, to me, very, it then plays in because you have, again, two boys who then have kind of chosen each other over other things. You have Justin ultimately um, chooses his family over his new father, who is this vampire, Um and and you have in the end you have uh Carrie kind of going on and living a new life in New York City I guess um so you're like yeah like it's frustrating because as I'm talking about this I'm realizing like how many things I pulled out of it that are like really excited me but yeah they don't all come together and they don't add up the way they they really could have and and it's not at first like when it and it slams open with them playing video games and they immediately start developing characters i was like oh this is going to be really efficiently done and i got really excited yeah. but that kind of tapers off a little bit like the efficiency to the storytelling wanes and it and there's a lot of like walking watching somebody walk for a couple beats too long and cutting back to something four times instead of two like and I was like okay come on where are we going and I thought it had run out of gas which Mm. made me sad but then Ironside comes back and I was like you didn't run out of gas you have a whole other fucking story to tell you have one of the greatest genre actors uh, on hand and he was so good yes 
Oh, he's always so good. What an underacted, was, act, underrated actor. He was so like upsetting and yeah. gross. And the fact that he could have taken uh, Justin's mom, but he took his sister. Yep. Like that. That like this preying on kids thing. So he's like a monster for like preying on kids, but also he's a literal monster because he's like a vampire. Like there's so much interesting stuff there and how like with like without even considering it, the two boys turn on him. Yep. Because he is he is the greater evil. Like what the half an hour of just that. Half an hour of just that. Why like why was I robbed of of, of more of that? It, it was that, that was so cool. It yeah. was so cool. <laughs> it was just really neat, but like overall, I feel like it was a it was a little boring, and that that bums me out. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, and for me, I think it got more interesting as it went because it opens and I'm kind of like I'm into it, but it, but it takes so long to go anywhere. Yeah, and. Then we get Michael Ironside, and so now I'm into it because fuck, it's Michael Ironside. And then we get okay, is it? Then I'm like, oh, it's turning into a comedy. Like, and it is a really cute scene when Justin's mom comes home with a pizza, and they sit at the dinner table to eat pizza, and she's like, I got extra garlic because I know you guys like garlic, and, and you're like, and and it's also an, a fun like. You don't see that that often. Like we're so used to like the vampire turning being this very specific thing. And this, like, almost had, like, a once-bitten quality to it, right? Where um, it's him having just turned into a vampire, kind of knows it, but doesn't really know what to do with it, trying to get through a dinner conversation with his mom and little sister, who are so oblivious because he's a teenage boy. He always kind of acts weird. Like, that scene I thought was cute. I thought it was funny. I agree. I think, like, Jodel Furlan's great. Like, their chemistry is good. The mom is a really nice character. Um that I'm like oh okay we, we have a very different feeling show now and then it goes back to okay now here's a pedophile vampire that has kidnapped your little sister so yeah it's it's a mixed bag but again I mean again my expectations having watched 13 episodes of season one <laughs> mm, oh oh if we're doing a one for one on season one like this is this would be the crown jewel in season one's yeah. crown. Like, like this would be it. But like, we've now, like we're now settling into something that's maybe a little, these are a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> it is um, shocking how much better season two is so far. Yeah. Like, so I'm and and there's the thing that I often say, like if I feel glimmers of this could have been great and it's, and, and I, and, mm obviously this is an opinion and I don't glean it to be great. Like, Oh, this could have been great, but it's not great. Yeah. I get disappointed because I'm like, you look what you, you could have done so much more with this. Again, obviously that's an opinion because what I think is great and what other people think is great are two different things. I just think there's just a complexity to these characters. Oh, there it is. There's a complexity to these characters that is often missing in even the best episodes of this show. Yes. And the fact that that complexity was not mined to the fullest degree bums me out because there is so much potential in this episode. I completely agree. There's so much going on and it's just like, oh, and I, I feel like the mom, like he, Justin's vegetarian and that's cute. And I, and then I was like, is he not going to bite people because he does? Is that part of it? Is it like, 
Is it like a Day of the Dead remake where there's a vegetarian he's and gonna that be it, zombie? Right, he's going to be our bub. Yeah, yeah. when he becomes a zombie, does he... Like, I, I, I thought, like, is that going to come into play? And even if it didn't, it was still cute. And, like, that pizza scene was cute. Mm-hmm. The way the mom used a fucking pizza cutter to cut pizza that was already cut and then used, like, a little, like, pie... Like, a pie knife. You know those little lifty knives mm-hmm. to get... My mom used to do that. Oh, yeah. It's such a, a weird mom thing to do. And I really <laughs> liked it. <laughs> oh, it was cute. There was so much yeah. extra stuff going on. And just like their relationship was really cute. Their friendship was really cute. And I don't know. But I just wanted it to be the best. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I think I wish we got a little more of Carrie. Because ultimately, so Justin dies. Justin yes. kills himself. He knows what's gonna that as a vampire, he has to kill people. He chooses not to. Yeah, um, he does a bro sacrifice, but I'm okay with this bro sacrifice. Completely, yeah. It's, it's a very it's it's a non um, yeah bro sacrifices can be uh, a little offensive, and this one was not. Um, I, yeah, I'm not anti bro sacrifice. This one was this one was good. I mean, there's like implications, and he's taking a stance, and he's yeah. like. Re, re, like agency over his body because yes. he doesn't want to be this thing. I appreciated that. Oh, also, this one was really gross, but like in a good way. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, no it's fine. <laughs> uh, and so then you have Carrie, who is a who's kind of stuck as a vampire now without a leader. Right? He doesn't have a sire anymore. He doesn't have his friend. He's on his own. And so he, you know, he just gets on a bus, and the kind of coda is him. Going, I guess it was New York, right? Yeah, it, they said they okay. Said New York. So it's him, kind of on a bus, go to New York. There's this old man that's sort of. I, what did you think of that last exchange? This old man is watching him playing a video game and kind of starts talking to him about it. Did you think it was um, going to turn into something ominous, or did you think he was just a nice old man? I'm curious. I, I didn't know what to take from it. I just thought he was a chatty guy. Yeah. Uh, talking to some kid on the bus. I don't know. I didn't feel anything threatening, but I could have missed that. I know I couldn't tell because I feel, and I feel like it would have been very easy to have him take one step to cross a line if if he was supposed to, um, which then would have made a little sense because then kind of you know Carrie could have kind of eyes to the camera, clear that oh he's gonna he's gonna hunt bad guys now or or not. But I guess instead it's kind of him. Just any kind of saying, okay, well, I'm going to go where things are violent and be a vampire there, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is what we take it. Yeah, um, I mean, that that coda was fine, but it would have been cool if like we could have had a little bit more of, like, what's going to happen now. Right. Because, but- yeah, I mean, it, the, 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 it, it kind of feels like it's Justin's story. Yes. And then all of and then Justin's not the last man right. standing. We still have so eight it, minutes left and Justin's dead. I would have maybe a little bit more or yeah. something a little different would have been good. But I the, that I thought that was cool. Anyways. Yeah. I I'm I mean I'm glad he did live. I'm glad there was something yeah. there. I guess because you and because you get hints of um Carrie's life seems fine. Like, I think his mom leaves a voicemail at one point. So it seems like he has a, a normal life or, like, at least a mother that loves him. So I guess I would have just liked a little bit more to understand 
Like, yeah. I, I feel dumb saying this. I wish I knew how I was supposed to feel at the end of it. But I, I'm not sure if it was a happy ending for him or a tragic ending. I, I don't know. I, I didn't know quite what to get out of it. No, I get that. I think that's a fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, appreciate the little the coda, but I maybe wanted a little bit more information. Yeah, and it would have been very easy to do. Like, just one more line or one glance or something to make it a little more decisive. But it just feels a little bit... Um, it, it doesn't... I, I don't... I just don't know how I was supposed to feel at the end. Mm-hmm. For, for that character. Was this a triumph or was this tragedy? I don't know. Maybe it was both. Maybe... You know what? Maybe it was both. Maybe. Uh, but would you recommend the V word? Um, yeah, especially if people um, like this, the vampire genre, or like classic monster type stories yeah. and want a different take or twist on it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely interesting in that regard. Yeah, I think if you're, you know, if you're one of those people that always cites the Salem Slot miniseries as one of your favorite things, I feel like this, you'll get those vibes from this. Um, if you're like, I don't know, one of those people out there who lusts after Michael Ironside, um, you know, he's kind of gross in this, but he's still fucking Michael, Michael Ironside. So he, he's very good in it. Yes, he is. And he's, he's going for it. Yes. And that, it, I feel like it's just the spirit of it is something that you and I tend to like of stories about young people where the young people are nice. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of really refreshing and even though i mean terrible things happen to them um i did enjoy that aspect of it mm-hmm. yeah. i agree yeah so I, I liked it um not perfect but for me i i found myself really enjoying this one yes i liked it as well i don't think it will well, we'll see how the season goes it might not make my top five hmm. but i definitely liked it well, we will find out. When next we meet, we will be talking about episode four. So until then, um, don't go breaking into funeral homes because very little good ever comes out of it. Or go ahead and see what happens. That's true. And then, like, but make sure whatever happens has a definitive ending. How's that? That's, yes, please do. Yes, thank you. You'll know that I am called the Count. Because I really love to count Sometimes I sit and count all day (laughs) But sometimes I get carried away I count slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster Once I start in counting, it's very hard to stop hey, Faster, faster, it is so exciting I could count forever, count until I drop One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two I love counting, whatever the amount One, two, three, four, hey, 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 hey. One, two, three, four, one, two, that's a song of the count I count the spiders on the wall I count the cobwebs in the hall I count the candles on the shelf When I'm alone I count 
myself. Oh yeah, I got slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster. Once I started counting, it's very hard to stop. <laughs> faster, faster, it is so exciting. I could count forever, count until I drop. <laughs> one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. I love counting, whatever the amount. <laughs> one, two, three, four. Hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, three, four, one, two, that's his song. Oh.